0: Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back to cover season two, episode 10. We don't have a title yet, but it's sure to come. <laughs> soon enough. Uh Aaron, no, we're actually here to do uh, a season wrap up, maybe premature. We'll talk about that. Uh, season wrap up for season two, and uh, that'll include a lot of feedback from you guys. So what it- do we have? indeed Um, there wasn't a lot of people who were unabashedly
1: positive Uh, there's a lot of people swearing that they are going to uh, continue watching through season 3 you know but maybe with some uh, allusions to thin ice
0: a lot of people swearing the opposite too so.
1: I, I, you know what? I didn't. I only saw one, maybe two people out say that I'm out. I'm out on the the yellow jackets. Okay. Most of her is like people wagging fingers and putting putting shoulders <laughs> on notice. And there's an interesting, uh-huh. um, you know, like uh, sometimes shows do stumble and recover. Like I made mm-hmm. an allusion to uh, Breaking Bad having a, what I considered a kind of a disastrous closing few episodes in season two, almost got me completely out of the series. And then it could, went on to be one of the best shows I've ever seen. Someone in email that we'll consider later on also cites uh, Mr. Robot. mr robot had some pretty severe missteps in season two that real and some pacing issues Mm -hmm. that we noticed because of adaptation of a preconceived a lot of things went into like we were really nervous about mr robot again mr robot turned out to be one of the best shows i've ever seen so it it, is not without precedent that a show can stumble at sophomore year and uh if you consider breaking bad even a stumble um and, and and continue and I think it's interesting because I, I just recorded with our buddy Pete Peppers he's doing a retrospective of Breaking Bad right now we did the, the peekaboo episode mm, Yeah. and I'd forgotten that like season 2 was the only season that Vince Gilligan and his villa gang sat down and actually pre-scripted out pretty tightly like what things are going to happen and you know because they wanted that big reveal that didn't work for me to you know hit and it's funny that the 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 time that the writers put, spent the most time laying everything out was the season I liked the least and that's usually you know I'm all <laughs> about like hey make sure you have an outline of where you're going blah blah blah. So, you know, yeah. I think if you are a big Yellow Jackets fan and you're bummed out that this season maybe didn't I I I've been I've been trying to say that I haven't seen anything that is like a disastrous misstep. Oh no. Like something like oh. there there's a couple things that maybe if I had another episode or two of, of a direction to judge from, I might say that, but like, you know, the finale, the, the season premiere could come out in a year or two and they have really satisfying explanations for the police missteps or they do something really cool with that. Or they're able to, you know, de-emphasize some things that weren't working and emphasize the things that were it's so, so yeah, like if you're a big yellow jackets fan, I don't think this is time to be doom and gloom. I think it's time to be a little concerned you know, uh, this isn't season one where everybody was hailing it and it's enjoying a 97% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and it was a critical darling and everybody's like, oh my God, it's it's." there's expectations now. And the show didn't live up to all of them in this season from the majority of the audience, but it still remains a, a crazy committed and passionate fan base. And the ratings they're oh, getting I mean, are not like bottom of the basement ratings in terms of Showtime ratings.
0: So... Sure, still sure. Got... And I, I didn't object too much to what happened. Um, I think it went off the rails toward the end there. Maybe in that final episode. Uh, th- the thing is, it, it, it's now a discussion about whether this is trying to be prestige television or just kind of sillier pulp fare. And I, yeah, that's got to go more towards
1: like True Blood or a Banshee than uh, right, right.
0: The leftovers. And that's fine. You can still have amazing shows that are pulp uh, and. Yeah. and just completely silly. I love those shows. Um, and I still love this show, so we'll see how it goes in season three, but it's something you cover differently too, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like
1: yeah. It, yeah. Like that's, you see, like if this isn't going to be a prestige puzzle box, if it's just going to be like a gonzo s- exploitation, sex, sexual violence, uh, you know, s- stimulator, then <laughs> you, mm-hmm. know, you don't, you don't get out the corkboard board and the red, the red yarn, and the uh, the thumbtacks uh, as much for those shows as you do the prestige puzzle boxes. But again, it uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, I just want to put it out there that I've seen better shows and uh, in, in their, when you look at their entirety of the run, stumble in similar ways and me and Jem are you know clucking our heads and and uh, sucking our teeth and it turns out we were just being nervous Nellie's. so. Of course, there's also I can think of several shows that seem like they were <laughs> sliding down shit creek and actually maybe four or five miles further down that creek than I would even get. But but, you know, yeah, it, it does happen. Uh, let's get into Yellowjackets. of a That's the feedback. Uh, I will I will say this. If there is a bonus episode like a lot of people are hoping slash coping for, <laughs> uh, we will not be covering it right away. I've already delayed a vacation a week for this stupid ass show. Nice. Uh I was supposed to be on vacation this week but they did the hur, hur, we're going to take a week off for Mother's Day or no reason at all which which uh, so I I'm not going to do it again on a week's notice. So if there is a bonus episode that 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 fully redeems the season has everybody it's, it's going to be a real bummer for bald move because we'll be a week behind reacting to it. But mm-hmm. uh yellowjackets at baldmove.com remember that if there's a bonus episode otherwise file it away for season 3 things. First up is Kate's Kate says, I'm a little disappointed in season two for all the same reasons you guys are. In fact, I can't believe this is the same show that garnered so much buzz and award recognition. Not one, but two episodes in season one were nominated for best screenwriting at last year's Emmys. But I do have (laughs) faith that the creators can stick the landing if they have the time to get there. Personally, I have no doubt that they have concrete answers for the big ticket items like Dark Tie, Dark Tie, the guy from the cabin, how the yellow jackets survive in the 96 timeline, and what they do to survive, how they are rescued, and whether or not there's supernatural forces at work. I personally think not. Well, congratulations on picking the correct team, team rationality. Uh, I, I want to go back. I'm not are you, on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that the showrunners have answers for things like Dark Tide, Guy from the Cabin, Yellow Jacket survival? how they get rescued, and whether there's not supernatural forces at work. Because I'm not convinced that they have answers for any of these things.
0: Uh, Boy, if they don't have an answer for that last one, that's wild. I, I couldn't imagine setting out to write a show without at least understanding whether I'm writing a science-based psychology exploration or mm. a supernatural ghost story. <laughs>
1: yeah because even like I'm thinking of like The Leftovers which is mm-hmm. a show that I think does a great job of of staying on that knife edge till the very end according to Damon Lindelof he has a clear cut idea of what is the real thing and what is not but he's mm-hmm. just never going to say it's like you know I, I, I made a whole three seasons of it uh, so you guys can decide so you guys decide you know what to believe that's kind of part of the experiment experience so like even if they're going to continue hopping on both feet of, oh, is it a mental illness or, oh, is it the wilderness? They should, because they're filming things that mean mm-hmm. things, they should have an idea. And, you know, we might get to draw our conclusions, but certainly they should have an idea. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know if I have any confidence in it because I could like, let, let's say that they wanted to make this like Lord of the Flies and it's not supernatural at all. It's just a psychologically gripping tale what if in in between this season they have a really hot idea to make
0: it into some kind of supernatural thing like why wouldn't they do that they just run with it uh i don't know because it's not what they're making um yeah i sure they could do that uh that would be crazy that would be crazy that would be like yeah Game of Thrones, uh, House of the Dragon creators going. You know what? I've got a really great idea. Uh, it's for a science fiction dystopia show, and I I can't do anything else. House of Dragons taking up all my time. But what if we made some of the plot go in that direction?
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's that big of a change. Sure, sure. But it, you know it's what also I mean. It's like stepping yeah. outside
0: of what you intended to do just to fulfill an idea that it would be a bad idea is what i'm saying like stick yeah. with the the premise that you've got and run with that and make the best show you can around that
1: yeah i don't know if they've done a really good job at hopping on the two opinions and i think they have like i don't know why mm-hmm. if you thought you had a really hot idea that everybody in the writer's room is excited for and you kind of have been flailing
0: around at other things i i don't know <laughs> I, think I feel like other, i've heard
1: worse ideas
0: those other things you mentioned like the specifics about cabin guy and the other things, that's where they have a lot of room to maneuver. Um, the big stuff about like, is this supernatural or not? That's, that's stuff. I don't think they can change.
1: Okay. Well, I want to talk about the bonus episode because Kate had some evidence. There's not, this is, there's more than just cope, cope, copeful thinking. I think behind this, uh, there's things that have deliberately been said and released in the you know preseason material and the behind the scenes material that has fans speculating. She says, "Is there going to be a bonus episode?" While I'm mostly aligned with you guys, that this seems unlikely. There has been relatively compelling evidence released. Ashley Lyle, one of the showrunners, tweeted this a while ago, saying that there are nine main episodes. So that someone asked it, say, "Hey, can you clarify? Are there nine or ten episodes?" And she says there are nine main episodes this season. Why would you answer hmm. that question? Nine main episodes? What? It, like, yeah, like you said, that someone's directly saying, there are there nine webisode? or ten episodes? And you say there's nine main episodes. There hasn't been an episode released yet, to my knowledge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, she also tweeted in this in a, a same thread or a little bit later. She says, "Never say never to bonus episodes." Against the showrunner, why the mm-hmm. fuck you would be saying this? <laughs> Sure. Uh, The costume designer, and she has a behind-the-scenes video at the 750 mark. Um, She says, the costume designer here stumbles over speaking about episodes 9 and 10, though this could be a misspeak if they originally meant to have a 10th, which got axed. Uh, Although she is explaining how the costumes got terribly scuffed at the end, which would align if we see them without shelter in a bonus episode 10. Eh, Uh, Variety posted this predicting an Emmy nom. uh, So Variety posted an article on their website predicting an Emmy nomination for a currently unnamed episode 10. Directed by the executive producer and multi-episode director Karen Kusama. This reference has since been deleted from Variety's website though, so take it with a grain of salt. But they had credited at episode 10 of Yellow Jacket's TBA. That again... Uh, Apparently, the Writer's Guild website also has a writer credited for the 10th episode, but I couldn't find any evidence of that. Uh, I went on the subreddit, and someone had posted a picture of Teenage Misty holding one of those clabbered boards, you know, the the take Mm -hmm. one, take two boards, and it identified in the bottom left of its placard that this was episode 210, and this is the wrap. Mm -hmm. Now... uh that's evidence that there was maybe 10 episodes planned and filmed but mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it's super strong evidence except for what i i just i don't understand what ashley is doing with the tweeting the uh it nine seems main like episodes
0: like, yeah that, that that's the I only never piece say of evidence no I've seen say no episode that, that is compelling yeah that like unless so show creators do do this they will fuck with you it, sure some creators like to do that and the, yeah it's not it's not a guarantee that this is gonna happen that this is the 10th episode waiting to be released uh, uh but it's if you want to say that they the, the showrunners are not the kind of people who would do that kind of thing and i don't know i don't know anything about them um then maybe there is a 10th episode It could be,
1: you know, we we talked about this. The Last of Us um, was publicly open that they filmed 10 episodes. But uh, as a result of a network request, they edited the first two episodes together into one slightly longer super episode because they thought it improved the the pacing. Um, It's entirely possible that they got cold feet on some reveals or there was some pacing issues or, you know, there was a 10 episode order and it got cut down to nine episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. Amelia also posted early this morning a screenshot of someone taking a screenshot of their Showtime app that says that there's a new episode scheduled to drop uh, this June 1st, today, Thursday at 9 p.m., the the regular time. These are pretty easy to fake. Uh, I don't have a Showtime app. I watched this through Paramount Plus, and I logged in. There is no evidence of that whatsoever. Uh, A lot of people are pointing out the absence of promotion as like the big thing. It's like, well, why would you have a bonus episode that you keep secret and you literally don't tell anyone? And I think that's pretty compelling, except for last year, Netflix did exactly that with their Sandman series. This thing uh, dropped. It had a good run. It had a decent amount of buzz. It had a natural conclusion. A month went by and completely unheralded, it just dropped to the front page of uh, Netflix a bonus episode of Sandman, a self contained Sandman episode. So it's like that being in l- really recent memory. Um, Sometimes shit like that happens. Sometimes Beyonce will just be like, fuck it. Here's a, here's this album you didn't know I'm dropping. Like it, it does happen. And it, it does seem like it's something that's a bit of a trend in the last decade that you want to do some, get some buzz generated, do a, do, do an ambush, uh, (laughs) an ambush piece of marketing. Uh, I, I guess we'll see,
0: you know, I guess, I mean, you got to hope that information get out to the people who have checked out for the season right like if i'm a showtime uh subscriber who only watches yellow jackets and i just watched what showtime on their app is saying season finale now streaming uh i might not come back to that for another nine months a year a year and a half to check in on the latest until i go hmm wonder what the new season of yellow jackets is doing or when that's going to be out it's a A huge risk if if you want people to actually watch this episode you tell people about it. You don't hide it. Yeah, but if you got like, so I, I so
1: devil's advocate, you got 125,000 people watching this at its airtime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a lot of people. And there might be more value in making a surprise splash where it's like, I've been hearing stuff about Yellow Jackets for the last year and I'm kind of interested. And uh, the episode, season two, I'll catch up on the off season, And suddenly, like you hear out of the same places, like, oh my God, they dropped a bonus episode and it's amazing. Recontextualize. Like, our, it might be worth it as a gambit to get people off the fence and watching your goddamn show you know like it's if, possible because like, because yeah. they're definitely the audience it did not grow year over year it hmm. maintained and then got the bad episode four and and halved and stayed off that you know that that lower level for the rest of the season so it could be that they're like you know let's let's try to goose let's try let's do
0: something that's provocative and goose the ratings um hmm. yeah i would but, not put it know. beyond this team to do something provocative for sure uh, sure can they convince? Uh, there is a lot of executives there, to be provocative <laughs>
1: There is a lot of evidence, an overwhelming amount of evidence that there were 10 episodes planned. I will say that at this point. Unless all this evidence has been fabricated about people talking about it. Uh, there's a couple of uh, the ladies that gave interviews saying that their favorite episodes were 9 and 10. But if you just think that like there were 10 episodes and for whatever reason because of pacing issues or mm-hmm. you know, they yeah, just that, cut. That stuff's like, easy to explain. Like the, the other thing is the, the, other, the other evidence of the bonus episode is you could also justify it if it had nothing to do with the mainline events and i'm Mm -hmm. thinking like what if the jason ritter stuff where they're filming the the quote-unquote cabin boy guy Mm -hmm. what if that worked out really well and they got a lot of material and they're like you know what might be interesting is like just have like a flashback to the pre you know just like out of context flashback to the previous occupants of the cabin that's a truly bonus episode and I think that's something that I could see them doing and there is evidence that they did have this guy out to film these scenes and it was completely missed you know we know the cameo was there we know he's on the set we know those things went Mm -hmm. nowhere in terms of um, but, but I don't know we also know there's a whole bunch of other deleted material that would not fit in neatly to this
0: flashback idea so I mean that's a great idea for a season three opener like take us back you know get us get us out of context here give us something different uh but man if you want to i guess blow that at the end of season two on an extra episode that half the audience might never see i don't know i don't know we'll see like i said if, if if the rumors are true we might see as early as
1: tonight but uh i would not hold your breath for our coverage we would probably get to that in two weeks um so yeah we'll see Uh, Let's move on to Asa says people knew for sure that the Donner Party had resorted to cannibalism because they found human bones that had been boiled. No one knew for sure if they killed people in order to eat them or if they just ate people who had starved or frozen to death. There are all sorts of salacious rumors in the newspapers of crazy pedophile serial killers. But the only thing that could be proven was that there were bones that had been rounded when cooked. So led me to think after yellow jackets are found, how many dead bodies do they find? Could they tell how they died? Could they tell that the dead had been eaten? Maybe they knew that the yellow jackets had eaten each other, but no one was convicted because no one could prove who done what. What do you think? Um, there was some email that I don't know that I, that I included for um, reading that asserted that it's pretty easy to tell when a human body has been cannibalized. Like there'll be tool marks. Uh, there'll be evidence of cooking like you said, the, the, if something's boiled, it, it does something to the, the material. It breaks it down in a way that's unique to that. So I think with modern forensics, they'll be able to tell if they find bodies, they'll be able to tell if they've been they've been not on. Uh, but I, I it's like, I don't I just I just don't know what kind of charges you'd bring. Mm hmm you know, in a situation where a bunch of miners were left alone, uh, abandoned in the woods for 19 months.
0: Yeah, I don't think there is. Look, we know there are crimes happening because we've seen them. Uh, People are being chased and murdered. Uh, Well, not yet they aren't, but they will be. Uh, So we know that there are crimes, but like, yeah, eating somebody to survive is not a crime, I don't think. If right, that's the thing. It's like you eat their body there's no crime committed there like we know their crimes right like you could go back into
1: 2000 bc and see a caveman cave another caveman's head in uh uh-huh, yeah. and be like ah crime but like what does that even fucking mean in that context well um, yeah they, they have no
0: laws to define crime there but
1: right like i i th- and i think that um yeah I, I don't know like i'm trying to think of like what like obviously i think there's some things that you could hold like let's say coach uh ben started a sex cult amongst the surviving sure. members of the Yellow Jackets, um, and used his position as authority and a coach to to make that happen, I think he would probably face a bunch of fucking charges. Mm-hmm. Um if everyone knew that they donned crazy costumes and improvised weapons and hunted each other for like a, mm-hmm. a, a devil worshiping cult aspect of it, that might catch charges but I don't mm-hmm. know that like I, I don't know that the forensics will be able to say ah, oh, yes this was eaten by a woman wearing a rabbit mask Ah, oh, no, this is the one sure that was can. the antler queen obviously if you look at the antler marks here like yeah yeah so if the yellow jacks remain in solidarity I don't see how it ever goes beyond what we've already seen them experience which is innuendo and rumor and people being curious mm-hmm. the wilderness is the space between the ads we'll be right back Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. Uh, Jonathan in the UK. Cabin guy in a deck of cards. Can't be from the 1920s or earlier because he had the plane that Laura Lee died in. What we need to know is what that model of plane was, uh, when that model plane was built to pinpoint when he was living in the cabin. Oh, man. I think it's a Cessna, and those things have been built for like <laughs> 70 years. Yeah.
0: That's Do a good point. we that know that's his plane?
1: We, we don't, don't know that and I was also... I was also going to say, who are we to say that Cabin Boy is the guy who owned the plane and is the only occupant of this cabin, or the Mm -hmm. original
0: occupant of the cabin?
1: Like there could be the latest
0: occupant of the cabin.
1: Exactly right. There could be a whole sad tragedy of people being attracted to this cabin and falling into cannibalism and barbarity
0: and Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say I think there's an implication, like a, a loose, a very loose implication that this is his yeah. plane, but I, I don't think, think that's so. concrete enough to say that something can't happen to disprove that. I, I, and if it I would does, say I'm, I'm probably seventy
1: five percent sure that, that he is the original occupant, and they are into, but like that's just because of circ That's us because of circumstance of where
0: everything's found, in, and in if the they wanted to say something that that defy that, I would go along with it a hundred percent because. True. It's just my head cannon. It, it's True. not on screen, but it's,
1: it's what I—it's—it's it's the most likely explanation until they offer something else. Yep. Um. But but good point. We yeah. I it's uh, there's no need to go back like a hundred years to to talk mm-hmm. about you know the original occupant. Courtney says, I was listening to Feedback Pod for episode eight and something hit me. Y'all were talking about two things that converged in my mind. First, you and Jim were talking about what could possibly be the horrible thing the girls did in the wilderness that the show seems to say we haven't already see. I agree with y'all that it doesn't appear to be cannibalism on the face of it. You also made an offhand comment about Coach going to live in the trees once he realized what the girls did. All of a sudden, these two concepts connected to me. And it hit me that maybe the horrible thing is that Coach does break off and lives in a tree after the most recent hunt. They're mm-hmm. aware of him and he's aware of them, but the factions stay away from each other for the most part. Now, this was sent in previous to the finale, where Coach does a first strike offensive. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of the idea that there is going to be, like Coach is, is going to be the man in the woods kind of trying to live his best life under the tree and these girls are a
0: hostile kind of tribe stalking him. I it feels like that's almost guaranteed at this point. Because they're going to they're going to identify him immediately as the person who must have burned down the cabin, right? Like he's the only one who isn't with them right now. Well, the thing uh, is it's
1: like it's it's and also the fact that they the doors were all locked and disabled. That's the thing. Uh-huh. Like, the cabin could just spontaneously catch on fire, but... Sure, sure, but the doors yeah. being locked.
0: You could blame the wilderness. I don't know why they're not that's... blaming the wilderness on this, but that's uh, confirmation well, bias there for you. I wonder if they will. I wonder if there will be a faction
1: that's like, maybe, you know... Maybe, maybe. Because I'm looking the for the pumping of the brakes of this cult thing. Like, I'm looking for mm-hmm. spring to spring... And people to kind of like Jesus Christ, things got crazy. But we've got food now. We're fishing. We're gathering berries yep. and nuts. We don't have shelter, but we got a whole two seasons to worry about that. Uh, everything's going to be fine. Uh, but uh, she goes on to say that like one of the core cornerstones of this is like you know what what are they so guilty about? They're afraid people know. And she posits mm. that uh, the rescuers might show up and they do not tell them about Coach Ben. So he stays in the wilderness.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Hmm.
1: I I still like my original theory of them with the, the thus coming to understand that the girls had a rescue attempt like in the summer, and they don't take it deliberately because they want to keep being wilderness
0: babies collectively they're all the wilderness baby <laughs> then how ha- then how do you get them to ever change their minds on that because they do come back they do get rescued so the next group that shows up they put it to another vote and some of them have just like had enough
1: well i'm wondering if it's going to be like a misty thing like like a like you like alone sure. two lone hikers stumble into a clearing and it's dark tie and van and they murder them uh uh-huh without really consulting the group and then the group and then like later on an organized search party finds them because of x y or z i don't i don't know sure uh With so it's more like people it's, than they can murder it's like misty unilaterally made the decision to kill the transformer <laughs> quarter yeah. box yeah uh-huh. but but yeah like a, an over an unkillable number of mounties <laughs> come riding over sure. ah shit there's 50 redcoats we couldn't possibly
0: kill them all uh-huh i guess we'll have to submit and go back to civilization
1: yeah um she also wonders, Courtney does, if they had caught Shauna before Callie had stepped in, which one of them would have actually gone on to kill her? Uh Lottie, Dark Tie, Van, Misty, Nat.
0: I it's weird to me that Nat tucks that knife in her sleeve. See, I think I think I think Lottie
1: clearly was the one that was the, the going in with the most gusto and leading. For and sure. I think And obviously, I think Van and Ty, you know, went to their dark shit and Misty was going to probably do whatever, you know, her bloodthirst makes her do. But I think Nat was I think Nat was always going to be the bulwark. She had a weapon and she was going to take decisive action to stop it. Yeah. Or to. Yeah. As the leader, as as we found out that she is the leader, I, I think that you know she packed that knife as as uh, uh to make sure that nothing bad could happen
0: clearly the knife mm. wasn't enough but because knives make bad things not happen yeah when when you well
1: the you only the only solution to <laughs> a bad girl with a gun is a good girl with a gun it turned the out. knife oh i'm sorry yes yes yeah. i got confused um yeah i don't, I don't know. know I, I guess that-
0: would, is the natural one And that
1: was the bulwark anyway. She just used her body to block the needle instead of, you know, Uh killing Misty first, so. Uh, Kathy says, I think Van's behavior in the last few episodes is less out of nowhere than I initially thought. In the present day, I think she's pretty much accepted her cancer diagnosis and her impending death as another shitty thing that's happened to her. But the moment she saw Lottie at the compound, she flashed back to her thoughts as a sacrifice of someone else that could possibly spare her that person would die in her place i think this is what motivated her to push ty to call off the medical unit and really commit to the game in my opinion that ties in with what we've seen travis and van in the cabin timeline she's voicing the idea that they should celebrate surviving by any means necessary adult van is my favorite character so i'm take take this all all coming from a huge van apologist noted um jim does this kind of hidden agenda by van make things better
0: for you well, like I said in the podcast, I I did note that Van saw, you know, felt something when she saw Lottie, um, but it didn't seem like enough to me. It didn't seem like they told that story because they told, they, they showed us that, but then she went right back to being the adult Van we know. Uh, yeah. So... If they wanted to tell us that she had had a moment there that changed her, they should have made that continuous and it should have gotten more intense as it went on and i i didn 't see that I saw it fluctuating back and forth
1: do you think they 'll have there 'll be segments in the early goings because I was thinking like you know I, I I wish they showed us this I wish they'd like ex- made some of this a little bit more explicit, and I think that 's a pacing issue because if you want to have the audience the time to discover some of this yourself, you need a little bit more time. And, you know, we really only had the last episode or two to kind of process these things, but I wonder if there'll be flashbacks where they make it. They make a point that van has had many conversations with dark tie where they lay out a lot of this logic and a lot of this thinking. Um, But we weren't privy to it because we were sticking with the prime tie point of view. Mm. But does that,
0: that feels a little manipulative. Oh, yeah. I mean, retconning always feels a little bit Yeah, manipulative. yeah. Uh, But there's a the mechanism context, for it. but Oh, yeah, but for but,
1: sure. But, yeah, I don't know that that lets them off the hook. Like, in fact, I've often said that, like, the less rules that uh, authors put on upon themselves, the easier their job, you know. Uh these are the job is because they don't have to worry about contradicting themselves. They can just always invent something new and go back and be like, Oh, it's always this way. So I don't know. That always feels less good from a storytelling than intentionally and thoughtfully constructing something. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: like I said, there's nothing to contradict this. It's just, it's a lot of surmising.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think you're right about like, I think you're right about it. Ultimately, it's just a question of how well was that story told? And I don't think it was told super well. I think they they kind of fumbled that a little bit.
1: Yeah. And there's the the, the, the thing I like about it is that it mirrors the conversation. And maybe I'm just being obtuse because it does mirror the conversation you had with Travis, where Travis is like, you should be ashamed of yourself. It's like, why would I be ashamed for surviving? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm supposed to be glad that I'm dead and someone else is alive arbitrarily. Like, that really would map on to, like, well, if I can get some, one of these crazy bitches to... But, like, why wouldn't she just let... Why wouldn't she just let the Lottie drink the Phenobarbital? Because
0: <laughs> she cares like, about okay,
1: Well, yeah. She So, okay. So, she's really bought into the system that, like, okay, someone's going to die here. I don't want it to be me, but I couldn't possibly choose my friends. This is a fair and partial way. Yeah, the wilderness will choose that That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's that. It all tracks. It all tracks. Christoph from Hamburg, Germany, said Yellow Jackets has just refused to build a mythology that I find worthwhile to invest into. Lottie's possible PSI is not explored. The spontaneously combusting Teddy, the original signs on the trees, all forgotten. The man with no eyes, forgotten. Dark Tide never grew into a participant with substance. The cabin owner mystery has been dropped. Reminded me of the rocking chair mystery man from Lost, which in later seasons was retconned to have some actual meaning. I think that they wanted to go to Supernatural route in season one, but then decided for season two to wrap it up with everybody's just crazy. Yellow Jackets is turning out to be not a puzzle box show. It's a bunch of puzzle pieces that somebody dropped on the floor. <laughs> trying to make sense of this show is like reading in the tea leaves, which you sometimes sound like when building your theories into the non-existent frame of this mystery. I absolutely hate the adult characters. I see them all as broadly sketched caricatures, which operate in a set of character features the housewife breaking bad, the drug addict fuck up, the psychopath, the stone cold career politician, etc. Since they are so shallow, there's not much to interpret into their behavior. They might do, say, or believe one thing in a scene, and in the next, they change their mind when the plot demanded. I can't figure out the motivations for Kevin, the tolerance for his scumbag partner, everything about Walter. Uh, I just feel like him and Misty are from a different show. Strong words here from Kristoff.
0: Well, it's kind of what I was getting at with the question of, is this a prestige puzzle box show or is this a silly, fun pulp show? Yeah. Uh, And I think that question is very much up in the air. I don't want to say that, like, the puzzle can't come together because I think they have plenty of time. You know, they have at least one more eh, virtually guaranteed season. And maybe a couple more after that. So I'm willing to give it time to see if it develops. But yeah, I think this season was totally was very rocky,
1: especially the adult. I I really I really gravitated to what they said about the adult women, because in season one, I felt like everyone is so relatable. Like, Mm -hmm. I've never been like a repressed housewife, but like, I certainly can relate to someone who feels like, you know, their life should have been more than what they're doing right now. Cleaning out their husband's shit, stained breeches and whatnot. I can emphasize with someone you know, the battling addiction and depression. I can sympathize with someone who has a lot of expectations and also has, you know, put on them by themselves in society and also has a family that they can't, you know, completely switch off from. and I like all these people were like really relatable, and they're just one kind of skewed thing that they had the shared experience. and like this mm-hmm. this season, like, all that relatability stuff went out of the way. The addict tried to commit suicide, was abducted by a cult, which turned out to be the purple people cult. And they just became a true convert within a week. So like, I can't, that's hard to relate to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Shauna just started holding up people at gunpoint and hard charging into chop shops and like threatening people and getting titillated. Like it, it just got to be a little too much. Like Ty, like her, her fucking family was not relevant to the plot after two episodes in mm-hmm. to the extent that people it's like a weekly thing of like what the hell is going on with the dog and the kid and like there's answers to that but like you know what I mean that oh yeah nobody I felt in season two was really relatable they had been so twisted from you know Misty was the one that was never kind of relatable I think from from the jump but like everybody is kind of like little Misty now Uh, I think it's a big problem
0: yeah I agree um, they try to take the show to the next level as far as the shocking things that we'd see and how wild their lives are. Um, tr- tried, I, I guess, to do some of the things that they were doing with the younger uh yellow jackets in the adult timeline, too like bring a little bit of that craziness over there, yeah. And yeah, I think it, it kind of washed out the characters, it, it or washed away the characters a bit. You can't go too
1: fast, too far. Like I'm thinking, Uh like go back to Breaking Bad. Like, what if Walter had dissolved a small kid and his bicycle (laughs) in the second episode instead of Crazy Eight's criminal partner? Like, a lot of people have been like, "Fuck, I fuck, I just no, I'm out on this. This is crazy. This guy's a fucking psychopath." And
0: they're they're yeah, they're really flirting with that in some of these characters. Yeah, and then Walter always had a relatable set of motivations you know right and, and i think at this point we're so far away from that we're so far away from shauna being the housewife we're so far away from uh for, from the senatorial race for ty like yeah that stuff is is way in the rearview mirror you almost forget about it
1: Trevor says earlier in the season when Lottie and Natalie are competing for food, Lottie made an offering and Javi returned, who eventually became food. Oh, Did the team wilderness actually win the food competition? Uh I guess so. I guess Makes so. you think. I, I mean there's I like I said I'm also open in the show being all too deep for me. Like there's actually all these intense connections and if I was paying it to you know like the show's overtly pulpy turn made me kind of like miss all this stuff but yeah I don't know I I think if that was the case I would have seen something uh, persuasive on Reddit because I have been you know this like that's the one thing this community's got going for it is holy shit the passion (laughs) for the show. Oh, yeah, is yeah. far, far bigger than the footprint of the audience would suggest. Like, again, mm. this this has got like a huge one a hundred thousand people strong subreddit with like any time of the day, four or five thousand people contributing. That's that's half of the existing audience of the show. It's almost <laughs> 100 percent of of Showtime's self-reported audience size for the last three or four episodes of the season that's insane i've never Mm -hmm. i've never seen anything like that before so if if passion and caring about something can save it then then this show is going to have no problems
0: let me throw this out there javi came back they ate him and then their cabin burned down what does that tell you Mm, God, there's no such thing as a free lunch
1: (laughs) (laughs) yep yep ironclad law of the universe uh, Nick from the Almost Canon podcast said, one thing I've been saying over to myself again and again, waiting for someone to bring it up, but no one else has, is the Wendigo. I have my own podcast called Almost Canon, and I've done an episode on the Wendigo and how it tied into the show, uh, this ancient uh, Ojibwa cannibalistic spirit. There are many clues that the show pointing to the Wendigo, starting by the fact that even though the show was shot in British Columbia, the showrunner said the plane crashed in Ontario, dead smack in the Windigo territory. As this is a creature of the Ojibwa speaking family group, which is pretty much means it's focused on the northeast portions of the Canada and United States. Did the showrunners say that the plane crashed in Ontario? Because like I thought it was the Canadian Rockies, and I didn't think on the, uh, the Canadian Rockies went that far east. I mean, they
0: they might have said that. I have
1: no idea. Canadian Rockies are not anywhere near Ontario.
0: No, I mean, they're they like, their BC, you have to right? go
1: one, two, three. Alberta, like, is the first state the province that has a little bit of it. Okay. Uh, but primarily it's British British Columbia. I, I don't know about that. I need to see a source mm-hmm. because, yeah, I just need to see a source on that. Um, just just also just looking at the surroundings, the mountainous terrain, uh, it doesn't look like anything. Like, Ontario looks a lot like Indiana and Ohio, especially in northern parts because oh. it was all, pushed flat by the glaciers like there's not it's very yeah there's not a lot of mountainous rugged terrain but well, maybe
0: the wind windigo migrated uh could. west yeah when, yes yeah go west young windigo it was cold. it does feel like there could be a windigo at work here i've seen enough windigo uh fiction to know a little bit about it and it feels yeah, like the vibe of a windigo
1: same uh, Nick continues. We've all seen the show, so we all know the paranormal scenes like Jackie's barbecue and the spirit that dumped the snow on her, and all the wilderness is hungry talk. But I think the second biggest clue is the wilderness actually being an ancient evil spirit is the whole Antler Queen deal. The Wendigo has mm-hmm. been Hollywood eyes since the early 1900s, and that includes pulling a deer's head on top of a human's body with major focus on his antlers. Lastly, the symbol it resembles a mashup of characters from the Ojibwa alphabet. I could go on and on, but I'll leave it there. <laughs> The Wendigo is turning these girls into itself, a cannibalistic monster of the deep woods. Um, I like it. It could be. It -hmm. could be. Uh, You do. I think the showrunners have to do their homework if they're going to take in this day and age a Native American myth and kind of make it into their own. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But assuming they do that, I don't see any problem with that. But I also like. Boy, it also feels very circumstantial too. It's like, yes, the Wendigo is kind of like the shape-shifting, vengeful, cannibalistic spirit. How much of that have we actually seen in the show, other than the cannibalism?
0: Yeah, I I mean, it's a theory that could explain everything. We have no, like, real confirmations yet, but it it seems to fit roughly. The the other thing is, like, I was like, what would falsify a theory? You know, like, how far outside the Wendigo theory. I mean yeah,
1: yeah but like how far would, would how far could you stretch the min, the Wendigo right. myth to, to fit it you know and yeah. I feel like that's the temptation it's like it's it's much better to be like okay well what would be the things we know I'm obviously the, then the, coming up with another mechanism but assuming they keep on uh-huh. hopping on both of these rational spiritual uh, ritual feet like where did they hop to some things like well that's not Wendigo territory I don't mm-hmm. know because I feel like you could say, it's like, well, if it's not like the modern myth, then it's more like the ancient actual myth." Or, well, they're going more for a Marvel style Windigo. It's like, yeah, at that point,
0: yeah, yeah. But we'll see. The, the, doing a riff on a Windigo would be hard to necessarily detect, I guess. Yeah. Alvin says, are we okay as a media-consuming public? I feel like so
1: many people are ready to check out of a show that had given you a solid product because of a few seams it may be showing. I think maybe because we knew that we were getting a third season at a minimum, writing the second, that some stuff will be revealed in season three, but it seems after episode eight, folks are ready to give up right then and there. I've had a big disappointment in Game of Thrones and Westworld after season one and how those ended. Are we so scared of being hurt that we jettison a show the first chance we get? It's not the prevailing sentiment, but I've seen that kind of thinking it's far too much for a show that uh, seems to earn its standing. I mean, Alvin, I did do that. Like, I bailed on Lost more from my <laughs> post X Files trauma than I did because. Because yeah. like, this, uh, this was like mid season two. Like, the second they dropped Walt, I'm like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. Uh,. <laughs> So like it and I don't think it's a I don't think it's an irrational action. Like if you got cheated on into your previous relationships and you, s- you start seeing your partner getting weird text from somebody you don't recognize, I don't think that that's an inhuman reaction to fucking bail. I am no I don't even care <laughs> if this is your long lost brother. I am just no fucking hit and
0: eject. I'm going back to. Tinder okay, Cupid. I don't know. Uh, all right. If you want to go with the dating metaphor, I've got another option here. Uh, okay. The, the, probably another force at work here. So let's say you're dating somebody and you're like, oh, I like them, you know, but it, yeah, and they turn out to be a wendigo. Oh, I'd probably dump them. Uh, n- no. <laughs> say say right, you're dating I someone. See,
1: I want to see what they think about Strawberry Lube first.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, l- l- that's a perfect example. And you're dating someone, you bust out the Strawberry Lube, and they're like, ah. Eh, strawberry lube not my thing but it's really your thing guess what there are a million other people out there a million other shows out there that will yep. get totally down with the strawberry lube if that's a life you want to live go watch those shows go date that person right like yeah yeah why there's so you, much both fucking of you choice now it's it, it that why not drop it at the drop of a hat right yeah if I'm at a
1: restaurant and I order a, a, a meal and it comes to me it's not my particular thing I'll probably eat it because what am I going to do We'll send it back and order another thing and wait for another 15-20 minutes while people are stare, you know, eating their food yeah. And but if I'm at a buffet and I take a spoonful of something I don't like I'm not going to mm-hmm. eat that fucking I'm going to go back and get something else or start on the other and I think that's the environment we're in There's we are living in
0: a TV buffet for sure
1: already way too much excellent things to eat mm-hmm. for you you're you're, you're going to have to get you're not going to be able to get everything on the buffet uh without like making yourself throw up and or getting mm-hmm. a time turner turner from Harry potter a reference to jim now recognizes i do uh i i just yeah i think that's that's it's this is perfectly even in times where we we're pre-buffet i bailed on lost and now we have so much choice like why would you Why would you spend 10 hours watching a season of something that you think is going to make yourself miserable when you can try so many other different things?
0: Yeah, we have a license to be fickle now because you can't consume everything. If something isn't to your taste, move on.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty easy. But like, so are we okay? We're better than okay. We're fucking rolling. We are so far away from eating bear meat. (laughs) <laughs> uh or 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 shitty, meat. yeah or uh-huh. a, a non field dress jackie that we we've got bounties we don't have to worry about uh making bone broth out of thin soup you know uh let's see garrett says i'm going to start out by arguing that it isn't such a leap for our ladies to be so into the hunt in the modern timeline if you stop and think about it We all know the group identity is one of the strongest of social forces. I immediately feel a strong connection to a relative stranger when I find out we've shared a similar uncommon experience, such as working the ICU during COVID or having been in the same small base in Iraq or Afghanistan. I feel it even to a lesser extent when I find out I'm talking to somebody from my hometown, even though we were halfway around the world. Yellowjacket Survivors seems like the ultimate in-group. Nobody that wasn't there really knows what went down, and they sure as hell don't get it. It seems like this is the first time they've all hung out in 20-ish years, so that group ID must be in full force, likely bringing back some old attitudes, emotions, etc. They're going to remember, maybe even reminisce a little bit about their time out there. Only Misty and Nat brought it up for the first time, but I'm sure they were all thinking about it. The next psychological force is the addictive property of gambling. I've known some gambling addicts, and it seems just as strong a pull as any other drug addiction. When the ladies are drawing cards, not only are they in mortal danger if they lose, but they are also hit with an intense feeling of abandonment or betrayal as their friends chase them down to kill them. I can't even imagine the dopamine hit they get when they draw that seven of clubs or whatever. A final force that could be propelling the situation forward is thrill-seeking exhibited by many with PTSD recklessness and self-destructive behaviors were even added as a symptom criteria. When the DSM five, it's the, the diagnostic manual that psychologists use to tell you what flavor crazy you are, uh, the extreme situations they've dealt with, make anyone else feel kind of flat. We've seen all of them in the adult timeline, lack impulse control to some extent. We've seen Shauna really ramp up this kind of behavior lately with her affair, the carjacker, the chop shop, You can see the same pattern as some of the vets that are addicted to combat or high-risk situations. With these powerful psychological forces pulling on them, there's likely a part of them that's excited about the prospect of the hunt, even if they know it would be reckless and make no sense at all. They all go along with humoring Lottie, afraid to say that they are seriously entertaining the idea. The ladies are all just going with it, and the situation progresses until they're acting it out and actually doing it. Some of them give hints along the way, like you pointed out in the podcast. Nat gets that real knife up her sleeve, and Lisa tells... Uh, tells Lisa to get the hell out of Dodge. Ty and Van cut off the intervention team. Missy doesn't seem in on it, but she's like the ultimate fucking wild card, so who knows? She's she's the Charlie Day of the group. <laughs> yeah. Sean is the one that starts humoring Lottie in the first place. She does build knives up. However, she draws a card like the rest of them, and part of me wonders if she'd just jump on the bandwagon if someone else had pulled the queen. What do you think of this analysis, that group identity... Uh, the the psychological addictiveness of gambling and the 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 impulse uh lack of impulse control of PTSD combined in this final episode to make the
0: women crazy. Uh yeah, I mean that that explanation makes a lot of sense. I guess my my initial reaction is I don't feel like they told that story very well. Because, like, I'm not saying that they couldn't get this group of adults together and them do something crazy. What I'm saying is none of them seemed like they were ready to. And, and this goes back to pacing, right? It was suggested right? and it happened. And I don't. Exactly. Yeah. I I think you're totally right on with all that stuff. But it was not the vibe I was getting going into the scene. Yeah. And it's like it's
1: yeah like this this reminds me of like there's nothing wrong with the prequel series if you just look at it as a series of story beats you know Anakin Skywalker discovered as a slave rescued out of obscurity falls in love with a beautiful queen uh, that he's forbidden to express love because of the strict uh, tenets of his religion but like you watch it and it's the worst shit ever like the dialogue's bad it feels like like this like six-year-old slave just declares love for this 13 year old girl in that some junkyard out like the first time he lays eyes on her and And she kind of goes for it yeah and yeah and she's like not like (laughs) ew gross what the fuck you you Uh, don't wash your hands after you shit and you got jam hands anyway why would i (laughs) yeah it's like there's there's it, it you can do anything but the faster you get it to do it, because like, like the 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 goes back to relatability. Um, Not all of us are combat vets. Not all of us have had some of the crazy that like, you know, we haven't been out in the wilderness and we haven't been cannibals like this is already leaps of the imagination for a lot of us. And we need to see. Like to, to be relatable, we have to put ourselves in that position thinking, boy, in, in those circumstances, with those forces playing on me, I would do the exact same thing. I don't think many people in the audience felt that way. Episode seven, eight, nine. I think people thought like, what the f-? like, even knowing all these things, which I think most people do, like we've been talking on the show tons about the trauma and all, and the fact that they're very, you know, they used to be young in the wilderness, like in the the, the modern timeline, they just didn't quite get it there
0: yeah and i think they they started off fairly well with this stuff like i i i was thinking about these types of things back when ty was talking to van um just about the problem she's having you know and her her visions coming back and all this stuff and how awful that must have been for her and how van was the only person who could have ever understood that uh they they just didn't continue down that road very effectively
1: yeah yeah that's not and I, I, I just keep on thinking it all goes back to pacing like these ideas are not bad on the face of it it just i needed a little bit like what i'm not it's not like we're been like this is stupid it's like we needed one more conversation we needed one more scene we needed one more connection between uh, these girls who were secular soccer players, and they're about to convert to wilderness code. We need we needed one more scene where they kind of talk about like what the wilderness means to them and how it manifests and necklaces
0: and blindfolds and butchers and all. Y- you know, uh, well, it's it's like I said uh, in the podcast last time. I think they needed to do a better job connecting the adult stuff and the the teen stuff in this particular episode because things are going to go off the rails they need to they need to develop that simultaneously and i think they tried with the teen part but they didn't do it effectively with the adult part yeah and that's where it just kind of that that didn't line up for me
1: You know, one email that I I read, but I I had to cut for time, asserted that it's interesting that Shauna seems like the only one that knows how to butcher. And this tracks back to season one because, like, Ben, Coach Ben knew how to butcher animals, and he was, like, divvying up trying to decide who's going to be the hunters, who's going to be. Shauna's the one that volunteered to learn how to butcher, which is why she's the designated butcher. Mm -hmm. But it makes you question, like, well, what if she was, her card was drawn and they hunted her and killed her? Mm Mm-hmm. Like is she going to teach someone her? else to? <laughs> Who yeah, like, is seems, the butcher? <laughs> exactly. So, so it's like, is there any thought given to that? Uh, it just yeah, there's there's a couple things. Right? I just don't think they quite you know rounded off the corners of every every piece of plot. And again, I think there's a lot of evidence that there's a whole episode worth of material that's been cut. Maybe it's going to be a bonus episode. <laughs> Maybe it's just ah oh, shit, we're going too we're already going too fast too far. And I just. I, I think uh, the best edits are not only indistinguishable from, you know, like they're completely transparent to an audience, but they're also make the product stronger. These cuts felt obvious. And just from our descriptions of what they contain seemed like a lot of stuff that we wanted to know about. So mm-hmm. it's a big. But but also the someone said just a couple of emails ago that, like, it could be that since they had the double renewal that they don't have that, like the show owners, like we have a luxury here that we can, you know, tell a story that spans two seasons and we don't. And like, <laughs> not if your audience doesn't mis- watch
0: season three, cause they weren't into season and then two. A,
1: and then a writer strike gives show. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. it, it, it might've been an epic miscalculation,
0: but I don't know. I think they told, they thought they told the story that they wanted to tell and they just didn't tell it effectively enough. Yeah. Past the shrooms we'll be right back all hail the antler queen
1: we're back with yellow jackets uh adam in the uk says there's been one flagrant weakness in the show for me from the outset which is i feel heavily contributing to its decline namely that almost all the characters are pathological Shows can sometimes get away with having casts that are almost exclusively full of disturbed individuals, but they need to have some outstanding feature that offsets this. Like on the show Archer, it's the writing. On Barry, it's the humor and visual flair. And the leftovers is the emotional expansiveness and imaginations. Yellowjacket's only compensating feature is the music. Uh, So, yeah, he goes on. (laughs) And 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 it's it's like
0: the shock value. There's quite a bit of shock value in this show.
1: Yeah, and he's like, you know, of the core group, you've got two that are pre-psychotic to the sh- to the the crash, Misty, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and Shauna. Others are pre-psychotic, like Taisa and Lottie. What? Although I, yeah, I might have yeah, got Lottie. those flipped, even. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so I I I see what you're saying. I think it's mostly it's stuff that we've kind of covered elsewhere in the podcast. That like these characters. Uh, are in danger of no longer being relatable. And if you have mm-hmm. unrelatable protagonists, then you don't care about anything. Uh, and impressing people with your plot just gets so much harder at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex says when Natalie dead and Lottie off to a psych ward that leaves with the tie van, Misty and Sean in the present timeline, considering there's only a handful of wilderness girls left. Does it seem likely that we will not get any more surprised survivors of the crash in the present timeline? There are only a few remaining people that could even show up in the present timeline, such as coach Ben, Mari or the others. Do you think the remaining four adults of the essential cast for the remainder of the show? If we get many more seasons, or do you think they'll try to sneak one more wilderness survival in the adult timeline? I, I mean, look, nothing is impossible, <laughs> but it's hard for me to believe that a Jinn or a Mari or, you know, one of those would have survived. And Akilah would have survived and no one would have talked about it. Like when they all got together, it's like, boy, it makes me think uh, when we're all here, having seen each other for 20
0: years, what's Aquila doing? You know, mm. like. Are boy. we going to draw cards without the others? Right. Like if Shauna really wants to stall, well, Aquila lives across uh, the country in Colorado. We need to go out My there. My boyfriend get her.
1: Walter can find anyone on the internet. Let's find the Yellowjack. That's to temerity to not be here, to refuse the draw and just kill her. And then uh-huh. we give given the wilderness what it wants with proxy and <laughs> done, done.
0: Yeah, which, I, I mean, you know, I am fabricating scenes that don't exist to try and explain why this couldn't be true. But I, I don't know. I guess they could get away with it one more time but after the lottie reveal that feels and van this season that feels a little bit like a retread yeah it seems like
1: it seems it seems like it seems like the natural thing to do is for them to explore other inhabitants of the cabin as little vignettes to to fill in mm-hmm. information we don't know about the yellow jackets and you could do you know, it could be that there's an, a there's a survivor from the original cabin events that they are able to connect with and kind of get answers from. There's like, so it's like I think there's ways to build out the f- present timeline without resorting to having hidden survivors. Although maybe they could do, I think maybe they could do it one more time, especially if they were the yeah. real power all along. Yeah,
0: maybe. But oh boy, like I said, yeah, you can do anything
1: know. as long as you do it good, mm-hmm. but. This seems like a very high difficulty Maneuver to pull off Um Nancy from Canada says hey Jim and Aaron I have a comment About episode 9 when it was over my first Thought was that this they set this episode up As a possible series finale just in case they Don't get picked up for an additional season Uh which they already did get picked up That'd be a very unusual choice to make Mm-hmm. Uh, with Lottie committed and what uh, could be the Queen Nat dead the rest of the girls can get on to their lives the murder of Adam has been covered up Walter uh, Walter and Misty hug and live happily ever after solving cold cases together Sean and her family can be happy now because Cassie understands what her mother suffered Van and Taisa will be together we know which girls survive and we can just assume that those who didn't return were
0: eaten yeah Coach Ban uh, is totally in the wind I don't, I don't like his fate if that's true because he could don't be out think there people, living he could have been eaten who knows I think what you're saying is strictly
1: true that it could work as a in like an imperfect finale um, but the fact that they got extended for two seasons uh, that would be bonkers behavior mm-hmm. uh, to you know pre predict that they're going to cancel you after renewing you and then the other thing is just like yeah I don't think this is a well-regarded show if it ends here I think this oh, no. is this is a speed running Westworld uh, legacy, which legacy uh-huh. the legacy of Westworld is what a great first season and what a stunning betrayal of the prom the promise and potential <laughs> it had. The
0: next three seasons were.
1: And Resulting it didn't even finish.
0: The, it not getting a final season, yeah.
1: And we got an imperfect finale to that season too. So it would we join Westworld as the in the ranks and 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 uh, X Files and maybe lost for half of the viewing audience. It joins the ranks of puzzle boxes that fucking fizzled before their time. Uh, Philly Nick says, if they want to make five seasons of this, where are they going to get the material? We've seen enough shocking cannibalistic killings. What's left to pique our curiosity except for Pit Girl? i'm done mm-hmm. i'm actually don't give a shit about pit girl at this point are they going to wait two more seasons to tell us cabin boy wasn't even a storyline yet are they going to start bringing cabin boy out next season love your coverage starting to hate the show I, yeah i think cabin boy is a plausible way to to take this
0: yep makes a ton of sense uh you're right this, this is some, a problem they've shown us such shocking shit already um it's going to be hard to make our stomachs turn in season three yeah.
1: Um, TN says once they found they get found in the NTSB the National Traffic Safety Board I believe is what that means investigates mm-hmm. or maybe Bureau they will know someone ripped a wiring harness out of the flight recorder which they will find and find out do you think the future timeline everyone knows Misty messed with the t- flight recorder and that's the main reason everyone's hating on her so much <sighs> assuming they I, find the recorder I what don't think they find the windigo takes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't it was away from the plane, and Misty gutted it, mm-hmm. and then threw it further away. Right? I can't remember if she throws it or not. She
0: definitely smashed it.
1: Um, Although, I'm always shocked, like when the plane crashes in the ocean, and then they inevitably a year later show like the you know like they'll have all the parts put into place in some giant hangar, and there's like ninety percent of a plane, mm-hmm. like paper mache plane assembled, and I'm like. How the fuck did they find? They're pretty like fucking why? maniacal.
0: Why did they go such lengths to find uh, the, the, a one piece of an aileron that, like...
1: Because that could be the bolt that sheared <laughs> off and killed everybody and they totally, want to know
0: about it. Yeah, you're right. But they do it just that. It maniacal, yeah.
1: So, yeah, like the fact that the flight safety box is just missing. Um, but I, I got to say... None of the 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 women in the present tense, they I don't think they give Misty kept us out in the wilderness for 19 months for no fucking good reason vibes. They Absolutely give Absolutely not. She never Misty, told them they never found
0: out cuz Mist
1: Yeah, Misty's a weird smelly girl vibes, but not Misty doomed us to cannibalism and death vibes. That's no. a whole other level of hate, I think.
0: Oh yeah, that that's you would have murderous intent if Misty ever showed up again. Yeah, I mean, I'm again
1: an uh, old straight white guy. Don't pretend to understand fully the minds of of teenage women uh, uh, and sure. their adult counterparts. But I think I'm intact, in touch with enough of the human
0: condition that that would
1: be that'd be a bridge too far.
0: Look, shit disappears. Where's Crystal's body? Uh, who says they'll ever find that flight recorder? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, let's see. Steve from Sweet Child of Mine podcast said, I have the most inconsequential of notes for you today, the most unimportant piece of information you may not want. Jeff has been Googling for himself because it was established early on that he appears in the commercials for the furniture store in a small town where he's a star football player. Plus, he works out and is a pretty good looking guy. And because he's on TV giving him exposure, he's probably Googling himself because he's not getting enough attention and feedback from Shauna in order to keep up his self confidence he has to seek compliments elsewhere. Oh, Jeff. All right. Sure. Jeff. It's sad. No one, no one telling you you're a handsome boy, Jeff. That's that's uh that's a that's a problem modern men face. We don't we don't get. It. When's the last time someone that uh, besides your wife told you you're good looking? When you're My 6 mom? years old, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like as, as, as life as a man is wild. You get told mm. what a cutie pie you are up until the time hair starts sprouting from your body and face, and, and then, then you're, you're disgusting. a disgusting Go warthog for the off. rest of your fucking life. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, I. I. I uh, <laughs> the. <it>, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> Feel possible. for Jeff
1: if that's the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the. Uh, you know. He's. He's got a lot going on, and he would like for Shauna to recognize that see past his strawberry lube failures and uh see his six-pack abs uh that's going to be it for us on the yellow cast the yellow jackets podcast mm-hmm. which may or may not be yellow that'd be the dramatic shocking <laughs> reveal of the if the cast is yellow itself um yellow jackets at uh, baldmove.com if you'd like to send us more feedback uh again Unless we have the fabled bonus episode, which, boy, I feel at this point I've, I've taken such a hard t- stance against. I'll be eating a lot of unsalted crow.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could happen.
1: We'll see. But we'd be back a couple weeks from now to cover that. Uh, otherwise, look for us to have a preview out in advance of season three whenever we get that, uh, whenever we hear about it um i suppose if we got confirmation this got canceled as a tragic result of the writer strike that'd be something that we might come back and and talk about too um hmm. but who knows i guess if it happens
0: uh, if, next week maybe if it happens nine yeah, months we, from now probably not
1: yeah we said about uh westworld too, and uh, westworld mm-hmm. got canceled over uh was, was that over christmas break
0: yeah it was a few came months a long, after
1: it came a long while show. and it kind of went without fanfare but but mm-hmm. yeah uh, if you would like to keep the bald move experience going oh boy there is so much content coming out in the near future we've got Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, we'll be dropping a preview podcast for that next week uh, help me out Jim what are the other things we got Justified oh, City boy. Primeval we got Foundations
0: the, bear. Coming back. the Bear The yep. Bear
1: Season 2 something that like won a lot of the Baldy Awards this year uh Mm -hmm. foundation season two coming out in july we got tons of pulp tons of prestige coming down uh tons of movies we'll be doing indiana jones and dial of destiny we're seeing spider-man across uh into the spider-verse through the spider-verse and to grandmother's house we go i i I Uh can't this far from no way out home like there's just too much ref self-referential meta titling going on in spider-man movies i can't keep them straight but the animated spider-man miles morales we're seeing that tonight we got tons of movies tons of tv we're always talking about the best way to follow us is twitter.com slash bald move or our website itself baldmove.com. also if uh, you want to follow all of our pulp or prestige content search for bald move pulp or prestige wherever you listen to podcasts and you can get all of that stuff Uh, curated under those two categories finally if you would like to support us uh, if you value what we're doing here as independent podcasters we could use your support Uh, go to support.baldmove.com find out how you can join the club for ad free feeds tons more bonus audio and video content and just yeah the pleasure of knowing you're keeping us two fine gentlemen from the midwest talking about podcasts also go out there and google yourself you never know what you'll find you never know you're not you're not you're not getting enough uh, dap from home uh mm-hmm. film a couple sectional commercials uh work out <laughs> see what the people are saying mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. see if they notice uh, see, see see if your hard work's been noticed all right before it gets any weirder we're getting out of here uh until the next season or the fucking bonus episode i'm your host aaron and i'm jim later